What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab Freddy Fox and we're live with a special edition of the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab Freddy Fox with a special edition of the Saturday Night Sit Down and today I have the pleasure and honor of sitting down with baseball legend and mayoral candidate Bobby Valentine. How are you man? Oh Freddy, honored to be here and I'm doing good on this beautiful afternoon with you. Well thank you, thank you. You know as I was saying right before the show, you know what I mean, I'm growing up in Stanford, it's, it's everybody know who you were, you know what I mean, if it wasn't for your baseball accomplishments to you know your uh, restaurant downtown. And that leads me to the next point. You're always involved with the community in one way, shape, form, or the other. Thank you so, so much for always giving back to Stanford. Well, thank you for saying that because, you know, one of the key points of my campaign is the fact that I have always given. And what I want to do is try to make our city the model for other cities to give, to have each community respect the other community and find out what's needed whether it's a prescription that needs to be delivered or a dog that needs to be walked or a little carpentry that needs to be made. Let's get everyone together sharing and helping each other and making us the shining light of giving. No, and absolutely, man. Perfect example. This past Saturday, you were with us at the uh, Boys and Girls Club for the uh, Heart and Purpose um, uh, Back to School event. Uh, thank you so much for showing up and getting involved with the people and talking with the young ones and finding out what's needed in order for you to make a change for us. Yeah, needs are the key. And once you find the needs, then you can fulfill them. And um, I've always been a, a need giver, a problem solver. So um, it's good being with you, man. No, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Um, uh, just for starters, I want to get into this. Um, my main question and purpose for doing this show is really finding out what it takes to be a good person or a good man in order to help the younger generation find develop themselves and growing and getting better. So my main question are all for you is what do you think are some of the main qualities and characteristics it takes to be a good man? Well, you know, you, you have to understand those three R's that uh, my parents made me grow up with. And at the time they were talking about reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know, because my first generation parents wanted me to get a great education because that's a friend indeed when you're in need. Um, but the other three R's are those R's of responsibility. You know, you have to be responsible to your community. You have to be responsible to those around you. But you have to understand that there's a job to do and it's your job to do it. And once you could check that responsibility box, you could go on to that other box of respect that is so needed to be successful, huh? And you have to once again respect those around you, those who are older, those who are younger, those who look like you, those who don't look at like you. But you also have to learn to respect that person that you're seeing when you look in the mirror, when you brush your teeth at night. You have to look that person in the eye and you have to learn to respect yourself. And then that third R is the idea of understanding reality, not changing reality and not fantasizing about reality, but understanding your reality, the, th the way you fit into the community, to the universe, to help other people. That's your reality. And once you get it and you use the R's of respect and responsibility with them, I think you become a pretty good citizen. 
Awesome, awesome. There's a lot of good key points there. That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. That's why I developed this whole show around is because it's important that we all take knowledge from everywhere and everyone because as I always say, we're not always experiencing everything we think in life. But through talking with each other and understanding each other and really sharing and having an open mind, we can all develop and grow by doing these things, you know? Absolutely. Sharing your experience with those who are wondering about your experience helps. But, you know, you can't teach experience. And so people have to go out there and try things, get outside of their little world to understand that there's a big, bright world out there that's waiting for them to get to conquer it you know and step outside ski the hill that's a little harder to ski and fall down once in a while and then you'll learn to ski a lot better take that shot from the outside not only from the inside and eventually you'll be able to make all the shots around the court you know what i mean absolutely absolutely. like like jordan said we miss 100 percent of the shots we don't take if you don't take them you're not making them yeah a- absolutely so um, um moving on i'm curious from baseball to politics how and when did you decide to make that change well you know a couple of years ago i started thinking about um you know transitioning from being the executive director of athletics up at sacred heart university where you know i've been in charge of a thousand student athletes and 34 teams and a hundred coaches and administrators and what i might be able to to do to help in another way, um, because the president of that university called me once and said, I need your help. And I said, how long you need it? He says, let's figure it out. And so eight years later, I think most everything was accomplished that needed to be accomplished. And it was time to get get somewhere else and, and give uh, of my experiences um, at, at another level. And when I saw that there was this uh, divide of political parties within our city that were that was driving people apart and keeping our city from accomplishing the things that they needed to accomplish i said why don't i take my skill set on the road and get back to stanford connecticut and be that person of change that person who could make things better and uh, i decided to run awesome awesome and like you said that too a lot about your different experiences and stuff like that I mean, for you, what do you think or what do you feel are your main qualities and things you developed over the years that's going to help you be successful as mayor? Well, that I've, I've succeeded and I failed. And when I failed, I've gotten up. I've been broke and I've been less than broke, you know, and I've understood running small businesses for 40 years in our city. You know, I've understood living in different cultures all around the world. I learned, understood about learning different languages so people could understand what I was really thinking and not just wondering when they looked at the foreign guy. You know, I managed in Japan where I was the first non-Japanese to ever manage in their major leagues in Japan. I mean, that was an amazing situation. I was one that stuck out, you know, that 98% of the people in Japan at the time were 100% Japanese. And you know what? They didn't look like me. (laughs) You, You know what I'm saying? So I understood how to navigate and assimilate in a foreign culture being the outsider. And of course, you know, at the university level of dealing with young people and people who have been at the higher ed forever and people who are trying to get to where they were initially 
thinking of going has has just given me the the life's experiences that I think a leader needs to have. They they need to be outside of the a little cocoon, but they also need to understand what it's like to be inside of a little cocoon. And and I've done all that stuff. No, absolutely. And I mean it shows you have tons and tons of experience and stuff and and um, as I said, the younger kids and stuff like that that are trying to grow, and I think a lot of things have gone away from our key morals and people and stuff like that, and seeing that a lot of stuff going on with the younger generation, all this excessive violence and all these ones trying to one-up each other because they don't either have a real model or someone to look up to. Um, uh, for you, what do you feel are some of your important morals or key morals you live by? Yeah, well, you know, that idea of of respect is necessary. Not, as I said, you need to respect everyone. And, you know, it's a funny word. It's a reflective word. It's like looking in the mirror, huh? Because the more you give it, the more you get it. And I think that so many of our young people have not been respected by people around them. And they're looking for that attention. You know, a lot of kids I talk to, I said, what do you want to do when you when you get older? They say, I want to be famous. And it's like, yeah, well, how do you want to be famous? And they just have no idea. They just want those million likes. They want to do something that separates them from everyone else in the Internet world, you know? And uh, that's not what it's all about. The, your moral compass must be how you're, you're treating your fellow man and how your fellow man accepts you being part of their community you know it's 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 a oneness it's not a oneness that you're separated from everyone else to be famous it's a oneness that you become part of everyone else so that you can be a contributor no definitely i think it's like you said everybody's looking and trying to be famous and not knowing what they want to do or just how to be famous it's also being afraid to put in that work, that fear of failure. Um, like you said, not being like or wanted. But I think it's very important that we do that because most importantly is really being true to yourself and being honest with yourself. And as you do that, people around you like you or like-minded will gravitate towards you and you'll become that oneness. You'll find that group just by being yourself and being an individual. Exactly, and knowing yourself. You know, a lot of people gravitate to the things they like and then they try to be good at it. I try to tell people, figure out what you're good at and then enjoy doing it. And then you could have a lot easier road to success. And uh, it's a hard thing to understand what your, you know, what your skill set is. Everyone has a unique DNA, a unique fingerprint, a unique mark that separates them from everyone else that makes them special. And they have to figure out what that specialness is that they're good at. And sometimes, you know, it might not be what you grow up, you grew up thinking about. And so many people in sports say, oh, I really love baseball and therefore I want to be a baseball player all my life. And eventually they have to come to the reality that they're not really that good at baseball. They're good, but not that good. So that's not what they should be, that there's something that they're much better at, that their skill set makes them good to great. And once they figure that out, then they should enjoy and appreciate who they are and what they do. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's I've been out of trouble myself. Like you said, being in sports, I love basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan. And I have those dreams and aspirations and stuff like you said, and I realize I'm not that good. <laughs> well, 
The leaps. You, you need the leaps, too. You need the shot, too. You need the bounce, too. Yeah, sure. You know, um, but ultimately what all boils down to with myself is that I love people with a passion. You know what I mean? I just love sitting down, talking to people from any different background, you know, anywhere they are, just to learn and understand and share that communication and really be that type of person. And kind of how I ended up doing this, you know. I went, I was... I was doing the interview with somebody else, and I told them I worked in a grocery store, I cleaned pools, I did customer service, I ran a retail. I did, I did so many different things trying to find all my niches, but at the end of the day, it all circled around, you know, loving people. And now here I am doing something that I love to do, talk with somebody with you, and I just started off with 16 episodes in, and now I'm sitting down talking with you, which is so incredible because I believed in what I was doing. I went out there. I wasn't afraid to take those falls. I, I made those connections and stuff like that, and we need to encourage them to do that. Don't be afraid to fall or fail. You know, you'll always learn. Exactly, Freddie. But understand this too. You're good at what you're doing. And that's why you like it, huh? Because you figured out that being with people, talking with people, understanding the other thought, not only your thought, is what you're good at. And now you're smiling because you're actually making a living at it. You're actually doing what you're good at and you're loving it. I think that's that's special. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, back to that, you know, that um, coming up November 2nd is the election and stuff like that, and you're running. So um, let's say it comes here, November 2nd comes, the poll closes, and you're now the mayor of Stanford. What are the first three things you want to address and why? Well, the first thing has to be the team that I bring with me. You know, everything's about people. It's not about things. And uh, I will have a cabinet, a group of people who surround me who are excellent at what they do and they will love what they do and one of the things that they have to love doing is being a public servant being that person who's who's willing to give more than they're going to receive huh and so I will put that group of people in place so that they can start to execute the things that need to be executed and and you know the to say that you're going to accomplish um, things in the first day or the first hundred days, the thing that I'd like to accomplish is to establish the attitude at the top of the city of Stanford, a giving, loving attitude for our city and our people that can filter down through the people who work in the city. Right now, most of the people I talk to are really disenchanted with their jobs. They're not appreciated, whether they're civil, a city worker or some one of our first responders or anyone who's working for the city of Stanford feel like they feel like they're unappreciated. And I like to establish in that first hundred days that I understand the job they're doing, whether they're teaching, whether they're policing, whether they're cleaning, whether they're building, whether they're operating within our city budget, that I understand their job is necessary for the city to be great. And I'll show my appreciation. I will also show that I will be one to inspect what I expect, that we need to have people who are working, who are going to not only give back, but give back what the community expects them to give and how the community expects them to give back. So the biggest thing a leader could do, and it's one of the few things in an org chart that filters down from the top, and that's attitude, that I want to change the attitude that all of our city employees feel from the top of the of the pyramid 
No, that that's really, really important. That's everywhere else. That's uh, have tons of different jobs, and that's the number one thing a lot of people will say about their jobs, that they wouldn't be happy if they had more pay. They wouldn't be happy if they had more, you know, accolades. It's all about being appreciated. When people feel valued and appreciated, they will automatically go that extra mile, you know? Amen. Check. And that's, you know, and, 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 and that's gotten lost. You know, it's gotten lost for some reason. Now, this, this year has been tough. There's no doubt that this COVID, you know, 18 months, we've, we've never done it before. There's no game plan. It's almost like practice all the time. And when you're only practicing, you get confused because you don't understand how the practice is going to translate into the results that you want. And so, uh, again, a, a great leader will alleviate the confusion that we have in our community, not only those who work for us, but those who live in our community, that it's going to be a safe community, that the leadership has their best interests at heart, and that we are not only going to survive, but we are going to lead other cities out of this pandemic and show them the right way to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, uh, speaking on this whole COVID thing, so let's say once again you are you are elected and stuff. But do you have any plans or policies and that you want to put into effect to try and battle this COVID situation? Well, the public uh, health that will be my, you know, major concern, and I think one of the situations and stumbling blocks that we've had is the lack of communication. Uh, to all of our communities. You know, we're a very diverse com community. We might be the most diverse community in all New England. But uh, I don't think all of our communities have been reached. I don't think that the effort and the proper effort uh, has been given to people who don't speak English, to people who don't have internet access, for people who don't get on cable television to reach those people. We need to have more community servicing uh so that everyone uh eliminates the confusion yeah it's like you said i mean it's a really big thing everybody have different cities and different areas and stuff like that different policies rules and regulations nobody's just sure what's just going on that just leads to again more of a divide because nobody's getting the same information from the same place um it's causing more separation within the community which is devastating you know what i mean because it's all about being together you know i mean we live the melting pot, you know, I mean, we live in the United States of America. Everybody comes together, try to do better. And if we're able to help each other out, we'll always be successful. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. So, you know, I know I don't have much time with you as we're winding down. I have two last questions for you. You got it, Fred. My time is your time. And, you know, your time is that great commodity. And as I talk to people around the town who give me their time, uh, I thank them because, you know, it. it you only have so much time in your life. And when you give your time to somebody else, they should be appreciated. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, so through your whole life and stuff like that and baseball and stuff like that, what do you think has been the best advice you've ever received? Wow. You know, I've had great advice from the time I was in the public schools here in Stanford given to me by people of the community who cared about me, advice from my family, advice from my coaches. Um, but the, the one thing that always um, rang true was that I had to be true to myself. You know, that when I have a rule that when I go to bed and I'm brushing my teeth at the end of the night, that I look in that mirror and I said, you know, you were responsible for that one. 
I hope you did okay. You know, and the next morning when I wake up and I look in that mirror, I say, hey, remember, you're responsible for this one, too. You know, so just being true, just trying to understand who I was and who I am and exhibit who I really am to those around me. No, that's very, very important. I think that also reminds me of something that my mom always told me. And I didn't understand until I got older, but she would always look at me and say, I would rather be hated for who I am than love for who I'm not. And I didn't really understand that again until I was older because I was always trying to be a chameleon or a people pleaser and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, you're not going to please everybody. And um, at the time, I read another quote that says, not everybody likes everybody anyway. So you shouldn't be worried about pleasing every single person, you know, just being true to yourself, being real, being honest. And like I said before, those people will gravitate towards you that are like you and like-minded. You don't have to worry about anything else about being fake or putting on a show. And the more you come in contact with people who know that you're real, they start understanding that it's okay to be real. And that, that love and that kindness spreads, you know, rather than the question of, oh, I don't, I don't believe that dude. I don't, I don't believe what's going on there. You know, that, that's a fake uh, person that just, you know, left this room. And that just leads people to, I wonder, should I be fake? If that person's successful and they're faking it and that's how they're getting by, maybe I should figure out my fake. And I say to people, you should figure out you're real, not about your fake. You're real. And people will really love that. Because it's true. I think, I mean, everybody's big on people's vibes. No matter what we do, we feel people's energies and vibrations and stuff like that. And we can understand there are plenty of times that we meet somebody and right off the bat, right off the bat, we can look at them and say, I'm not feeling this person for one reason or another. It's because they're being fake or not being real. But when people who are honest, even if you don't like their opinion, even if you don't agree with what they're saying, you respect them because, you know what, at least they're being real. You don't have to worry if, ands, or what's, or you know what I'm saying? I'm worried what happens when I turn my back. That's it. Trust. Trust is that concept that allows teams to be successful. That when the group, and if when I'm the mayor, I will try to instill trust in the people in me, with the people of Stanford, so that that team can be successful. One of the reasons we have such a divide in our country is because there's such lack of trust of leadership. Is he telling the truth? Is he doing that because the political party told him to do that? Is he doing that for political gain? So people start to wonder and not trust. And this entire pandemic could have been easier handle in a better way if from the get-go there was trust in leadership absolutely i think that that that's huge i think you've done a great job of that over all these years again you know before it even comes to the political party and stuff you've always given back to the community people know who you are they they trust you they they we all love you here in stanford i mean you're an amazing person the biggest part of that is i've always looked out even from being in la the Mets, wherever it was japan and stuff you'll always recognize stanford and where you came from and we thank you so and appreciate you for that Freddie, thank you for letting me be here with you. And uh, I really get a good feeling when I'm with you, and I do this anytime. Absolutely. I would love to have you back. Is there anything else you want to share with the uh, people? I think we did good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I think we did a great job. And so uh, thank you so much for being here, Bobby. And as always, everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed.